All right. If you'll turn to 2 Thessalonians with me, 2 Thessalonians. We're going to be looking at verses 3 through 7 of chapter 1 of 2 Thessalonians, verses 3 through 7, but just want to give you a little background. Um, We talked about the importance of context and cultural context this morning during Sunday school, so we want to kind of understand where we are. Now, this is 2 Thessalonians, so we... um, There was 1 Thessalonians wrote to the church in Thessalonica. And it kind of talked about personal reflections and uh, instructions on being an apostle with the theme of holiness in the view of the coming of Christ. Now, 2 Thessalonians only contains three short chapters in which the coming of Christ is, again, a huge focus. But it also is to engage Christians in time of persecution, cautioning them against false conceptions of the Lord's return. And it talks about holding fast and standing firm, holding on until the coming of the Lord. And so Paul starts... 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, with thanksgiving. I'm going to read it to you now, and then we're going to break it down. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 3 through 7 say, We ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love of you have for the love you have for all for one another is increasing. Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials that you are enduring. All this is evidence that God's judgment is right, and as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. May the Lord add a blessing to his word. So let's break it down. He starts by being compelled to offer words of thanksgiving for their faithfulness. He was thankful regarding their faith, that their faith was growing exceedingly, and that through that faith and that growth in faith, their love towards one another, the love that they showed towards each other, was abounding. In fact, he was even boastful. Among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith. So the perseverance of the church in Thessalonica is something worthy of note. They were a a congregation that was born in tribulation, seen in Acts. And yet, through continued persecution, they endured. So what can we learn about holding fast and standing firm in our faith, especially under difficult times? 
Yeah. How many of us think that the moment we become a Christian, life becomes perfect, we never know any pain or suffering, it's all sunshine and flowers, the weather is always sunny, it's not too hot, it's not too cold, everything's just right, right? That's what it means to be a Christian, right? I was like, no. We live in a world full of sickness and death. And sad enough, we often suffer the consequences of choices others make And so we can anticipate persecution. We can anticipate difficult times, in fact, because we are Christians. And so it's the opposite almost, and we need to be prepared. And you can see that as you look in the world around us. That is why we are being called to hold fast and to stand firm because it is becoming harder and harder to be a Christian in today's society and to be one whose love towards each other is abounding. Look at 1 Peter chapter 5. First Peter chapter 5, starting with verse 8, we are warned. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Now, how many of us have ever gone through a hard time? Difficulties, kind of walking along in a stream where it's nice and refreshing, right? And then all of a sudden it's like the bottom falls out and it's almost above our heads, right? We may have been contently wading in waters that reached our ankles, in waters that reached our knees that felt nice and refreshing as it flowed around us, right? And then without warning, without even realizing the wrong step we were about to take. Maybe it wasn't even our fault. Maybe we got pushed. We ended up floundering. Maybe finding ourselves in a surge of water that we couldn't maintain our safety in. No matter how hard we seem to swim, no matter how hard we seem to try to get back to safety, we couldn't fight against the current. Have we ever felt like that? The Bible tells us to be prepared. 
but it also gives us some hope. Be thankful sometimes that we can face trials and tribulations, but be prepared, in fact, for them. Now, these trials and tribulations can help grow our faith. Hebrews 11.1 tells us that faith is confidence in what we hope for and insurance about what we do not see. We learn in Romans 10, verse 17, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. 2 Thessalonians 1.3 tells us for our faith to be constantly growing as it was growing in the church at Thessalonica. In order to stand against trials, in order to be able to swim against the current, our faith needs to be strong. Because this is what sustains one in persecution. Think back to Job. You can imagine he seemed to be happily wading in peaceful river water, right? In a stream that didn't seem to pose any danger. And then it was like someone came along and pitched him into deep waters. Job 19 25 through 27 says, I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end he will stand on the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes, I and not another. How my heart yearns within me. Even though he found himself in deep waters. He had faith that no matter how deep it got, no matter how hard it was to swim, his Redeemer lived, lives, in fact. Not lived as in past tent, but lives as is in still alive to this day. And that because he lives, there is a plan. Knowing that our Redeemer lives is essential. And that belief, like Job had, will help us. It also comes from surrounding ourselves with people and loving each other abundantly. First Thessalonians Chapter 4.
1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 9. Now about your love for one another, we do not need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. They have been taught by God himself to love each other. Now, most of us know John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his what? So that whosoever... But, what if I were to ask you about 1 John chapter 3, verse 16? What if I were to tell you that 1 John 3.16 is just important, as important when it comes to understanding God's love? In fact, first you have John 3.16, and then you have 1 John 3.16. They both go together. 1 John 3.16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. That's John 3.16. But here's where 1 John 3.16 adds something else. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. So we know what love is from John 3.16. But 1 John 3.16 says, because we know what love is, there's this. Love each other enough that you would be willing to lay down your life because that is what we have been taught love is. 1 Thessalonians 4.9 said, this, you've been taught by God himself. How have we been taught? John 3.16. And because of John 3.16, 1 John 3.16. You know what love is, that Jesus laid down his life. So because you love, love others that same way. And may that love be increasing more and more, growing more and more. First Thessalonians. Chapter 3. Verses 6 through 7 says, But Timothy has now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you have always had pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we also long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we are encouraged about you because of your faith. Even in difficult times, Paul was encouraged by the faith and love that people showed others. The church of Thessalonica was showing to others. And think about it. When we find ourselves flailing in unexpectedly deep waters, in unexpectedly rough currents, how reassuring, how encouraging could it be to know 
that we are not alone. That people are loving us, they are praying for us, and they are there to help us. When we surround ourselves by people who will love us with the love of Christ, we find that it may be easier to endure persecution. When we surround ourselves with Christians who may be able to build us up in encouragement out of the love they have for us, the love that they learned from God himself, modeled by God himself. Then we can feel strengthened to endure whatever life may try to throw at us. There's a saying, one bad apple spoils the whole bunch, right? But imagine if it worked in reverse. Imagine if one amazing apple had the power to make each and every other apple in there just as amazing, just as wonderful. And that is what perseverance, faith, and brotherly love, the love of Christ, when we show it to the others around us, can do. When we love others with the love of Christ, and they learn to love others with the love of Christ, one good example can slowly change the world. The question is, are we following that example? And sometimes patience is going to be needed. How many of us would be willing to say that we are patient just by temperament. We are a patient person by temperament. Okay, good, I was worried I was alone. How many of us would be willing to say that we find patience does not come normal to us, that we are impatient by temperament, and that we even hesitate paying, praying for patience because we've been told that when you pray for patience, what happens is you are sent trials to develop your patience. Anyone in that boat? Where patience may not be a native virtue we have, right? But as a Christian, patience is essential. There is one of the reasons it is listed as a fruit of the Spirit, right? Romans 8.25. But if we hope for what we do not have yet, we wait for it patiently. How interesting is that? <laughs> if we're hoping for something we do not have yet, we do what? We wait for it patiently. Well, that sounds good, all good and well. 
We definitely want to do what the Lord has asked. But we've already established that for many of us, patience is not a native virtue that we have. It is something that we are persevering and developing. See what I did there? (laughs) So how do we develop it? Romans 15, 4. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we may have hope. Now, if I were to ask what would be a word that kind of went along with patience, endurance would be a good word, right? Because sometimes you can patiently be waiting And when you are patiently waiting and your amount of waiting goes past how long you were imagining you would be patiently waiting. Anyone ever been in that boat? (laughs) Where you are willing to wait patiently. And a couple months go by and you begin to wonder... How patient are you expected to be? And a few years go by, and you begin to question, how patient is God expecting you to be? How many of us have been waiting for a while on something? How many of us have begun to wonder how patient the Lord is expecting us to be? Be like, Lord, I don't know if you're trying to develop patience in me, but this is not helping. (laughs) Ever felt like that? But patience is likened to endurance. And when you think about it that way, it sounds a little different, doesn't it? Think about it. Change how you understand it. Instead of patiently waiting upon the Lord... You are enduring in your weight upon the Lord. Wait a minute. That kind of sounds better, doesn't it? (laughs) Makes you feel a little better about yourself. Takes the pressure off. Because we live in an impatient society. You know, when we think of patience and patiently waiting, we think of a time limit. But when we think of endurance, endurance is the opposite of a time limit, right? It is persevering continuously, right? And so if we liken patience with endurance and make sure that they go together, then waiting upon the Lord may become a little easier. Amen? So, Hebrews 10, 36. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. You need to persevere. You need to be patient. 
right? But if we said, you need to be patient so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised, how many of us are like, patient? For how long, right? But when we say instead, you need to persevere, we don't question how long, do we? Perseverance is synonymous with continual endurance, right? Look over at Hebrews chapter 12. Endurance, perseverance, and patience are all possible. Hebrews chapter 12, starting with verse 1. Therefore, since we have been surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Perseverance. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Patience and endurance and perseverance all go hand in hand. And understanding that perseverance and endurance are essential to patience can kind of help waiting upon the Lord become a little easier. Patience makes us complete. James 1 verses 3 through 4 says, Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. How many of us would say that we have perseverance? That we have persevered and overcome things that would have dragged us down, but we stuck with it. We were faithful to the Lord and he helped us overcome. You already are building upon patience. How many of you have endured difficulties? Hard times. How many of you feel like you're in deep waters, but you are still in his strength swimming against the rough tides? You are patiently waiting upon the Lord. We may have patience and not even know it because as what have we said? Patience goes hand in hand with endurance and perseverance. And sometimes we can even switch them out. Think about it. We wouldn't necessarily think to use the word endurance or enduring. Like if you're stuck at a train, 
and you are showing great endurance as you wait there in your car? That would seem extreme, right? But it could be true. You are showing perseverance because you could turn around, but you don't. Right? The key to being able to do it in our life and in our faith is to recognize the little ways we do it every day and to build upon it, to recognize the perseverance and endurance that we have already shown, that God has already helped us with, and to build upon it. Second Thessalonians. Chapter 6 and 7. God is just and he will pay back trouble to those who trouble you. And, and, verse 7, give relief to you who are troubled and to us just as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus Christ is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. Relief is coming. We may feel like we are wading in the deep waters. Questioning how much longer we can continue. Wondering how much longer we have to keep swimming. <laughs> but as a kids movie says, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Because help is coming for those who are faithful. First Thessalonians chapter four. Verses 16 through 17 say, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Afterwards, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. <clears throat> we who are still alive, we who have persevered, we who have endured, we who are patiently waiting upon the Lord will be called up. But we are asked to stand firm, to hold fast in perseverance and endurance, wait upon the Lord. Hard times are going to come. That's almost a given. You can look at this world and know it. But know that there is a hope for the future. And think about this. And I'll leave you with this before we do our time of commitment. 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. All things include patience, perseverance, and endurance. Grow your faith. Surround yourself with others who love as Christ loves, and you will find that they can help build you up in Christ. And in building you up in Christ, you can do all things through him who will give you strength. Enduring and persevering in whatever life will throw at you, whatever rapid waters you find yourself in. as we wait upon patiently the return of the Lord. Song is going to play, and as it does, just take this time in prayer. Are you patiently waiting upon the Lord? Is there something that he is asking of you that you need to surrender yourself to? Have you been hesitant? As it plays. Take this time to speak to him.
Father, that is our prayer. That you help us to trust in you, no matter how deep we may find the waters around us. In fact, we ask that you lead us into deeper waters so that we may recognize the importance in trusting in you and building our faith. That our faith may indeed be made stronger when we find ourselves in the presence of our Savior. Help us to persevere, to endure, as we patiently wait upon the Lord. Be with us now. We ask these things in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.